Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. This is After Class with Miss Donovan, our Algebra 1 Week 4 overview, or kind of half of Week 4, since we're only overviewing Monday and Tuesday, and then we'll go over the quiz that we have on Wednesday. So again, we're just going to do some weekly overviews of the new stuff, and then eventually I will get to what we are doing on the quiz. I'll have the quiz in front of me, and I'll basically tell you everything you need to know. So make sure you keep listening. And I guess it's time for us to get into the topics. Our mathematician of the week this week was Annie Easley. She was born April 3rd or April 23rd, 1933, and died June 25th, 2011. She is from Alabama and grew up in the middle of the Jim Crow era, so she didn't have that many opportunities available available for her since she was a Black American. Uh, she ended up helping other Black people study for the literacy test, so they would be able to vote in the state of Alabama. She went to Xavier University in New Orleans and started off her career at NASA as a human computer where she worked for the Lewis Research Center, which is now known as the Glenn Research Center, for the for NASA and its predecessor, the National Advisory Committee for Aerodynamics. Um, she was a computer scientist, mathematician, and rocket scientist, and she led the software developer for the Centaur, uh, the Centaur rocket stage. So she did a lot of really cool things for NASA and really was a forefront for a um, black woman in mathematics. So that is it for our Mathematician of the Week, Annie Easley. Okay, it's time to go over what we did on Monday. Our target for Monday was I can graph solutions of inequalities on a number line, which is target 3-1. So we did some book notes. Um, really important, we had four inequalities we were using, greater than, less than, greater than or equal to, or less than or equal to. Make sure you know which sign is which. This is super important for your assessment. Then all we did was we basically just we drew the graph of an inequality. So remember, the graph of an inequality in one variable is all the points on the number line that make the inequality true. So while we were graphing it, we just only wanted to point out the true points. We started off with an example about the Spartan Middle School physical education test. Um, so if you are a 12 to 13-year-old girl to pass the physical education test, you needed to be able to do at least seven push-ups and four modified push-ups or pull-ups. And then also you had to run them one mile in less than 12 minutes. So you had to do at least four, seven push-ups which means P is greater than or equal to 7 because it was at least 7. So it could be 7, but it could be 7 or more. You had to do at least 4 modified push-ups. So it was M is greater than or equal to 4 because, again, it could be 4, but also more. And then you had to run the mile in less than 12 minutes. So it was R is less than or equal to 12. And to pass the test, you had to be able to do all three. So that was really important for us. We were just wanting to make sure that we were able to check and see if these um, examples of these 7th uh, and 8th, what is it, 6th and 7th graders, these 12 and 13-year-olds, and see if they actually could pass the fitness test. Then we moved on to the solution of an inequality, which is um, the solution of an inequality in one variable is the set of numbers that make the inequality true. So again, to verify the solution of the inequality, we substitute the value into the inequality and simplify to see if it results in a true statement. So it's kind of like what we're doing when we substitute um, a value into a solution. So we have our x, we substitute it in, and we see if that solution that we set up um, ends up with an equal, a balanced solution, so equal on both sides. For the inequality, we just need to make sure the inequality is true. It doesn't necessarily mean that the solution is balanced on both sides. For this section, we had a table 
where we had if it was the solution to the equation and then the other side was the solution to the inequality. And we filled those out. And again, to be a solution to an equation, it has to be balanced on both sides. To be a solution of an inequality, it doesn't necessarily need to be balanced on both sides. It just needs to make the inequality true. So you really have to pay attention to that. Then we kind of talked about how we graph things. So remember when you're graphing an inequality, an open circle is going to be used for greater than or less than those two. Why are we using an open circle? Because if I had x is greater than 2, that means x is not equal to 2. It just means that is anything above 2. Same with less than. If I had x is less than 1, it's not 1. It can't be equal to 1. It is anything less than 1. So then we have our less than or equal to or our greater than or equal to, and those two would have closed circles when we're graphing because that means that if we had like x is greater than or equal to 4, 4 is a possible solution for that. So we want to close the circle to show that. And same with the other one. So again, they both would have arrows going on the number line towards the direction that it's pointing. So again, if it was greater than, it'd be going towards the higher numbers. If it was less than, it'd be going towards the lower numbers. And we just graph the solution based on the inequality we had. So after that, we talked about graphs and how they were different and the what open circles and closed circles really meant. And then you graphed a few solutions. So again, if you need extra practice graphing, make sure you go do that. There's going to be an activity three practice page. So if you need extra practice, I recommend looking in your book for that. Otherwise, remember um, that open circles mean greater than or less than and closed circles mean greater than than or equal to and less than or equal to. That's going to be the most important thing for the quiz. If you mess that up, it's going to be really detrimental to your score. So remember, if you need extra help, you can always just ask me if you want any extra problems. Um, but I guess we're going to go on to Tuesday now. Okay, it's time to talk about Tuesday. We had our target for 3-2, I can solve multi-step inequalities and write inequalities to represent real-world situations. So we started on page 38, where we were making sense of a problem. We had Chloe and Car Charlie. They were taking a trip to the pet store to buy some things for their puppy. They knew they needed a bag of food that cost $7, so they only needed one bag of food, and it cost $7, so that's not going to change. And they also wanted to buy some new toys. They found a bargain barrel containing a Bought, uh, containing a bunch of toys and each toy cost two dollars so if they bought one toy it'd be two dollars if they bought two it would be four so the number of toys could change so when we were trying to write that as an expression we are going to use uh, t for toys so we did two t so two times t because it's two dollars per every toy plus seven because we already know that we're only going to buy seven toys then we wanted to write an inequality because Charlie and Chloe, they only had a certain amount of money to spend. So they couldn't spend any more than what they brought. They could spend equal to it or less than, but they couldn't spend more. So we wrote an inequality. It ended up that they had $40. So we said 40 is greater than or equal to 2x plus 7 or 2, not 2x, it's 2t plus 7. Or you could write that the other way where it says 2t plus 7 is less than or equal to 40. Again, your alligator mouth would be opening towards the bigger number because the alligator wants as much of the, as big of a number as possible. And then it's um, the 2t uh, plus 7 is going to be the smaller side because we can't spend more than $40. 
Then we wanted to solve the equation. So we've set up a real world equation for this and we wanted to solve it. So we solve it like there were two, they showed us two ways to do it. They showed us a guess and check where we plugged in numbers. Um, we plugged in 16 and 17 and we just kind of plugged them in to see if they were less than or, or equal to or like if, if they were able to um, make the inequality true. So again, making the inequality true just means that the inequality um, and like that the inequality is like that it works that this number that we're creating for this situation is going to be either 40 or less than 40 so we plugged in 17 and we plugged in 16 we found out 17 was not a solution because we got 40 is greater than or equal to 41 which is untrue since 41 is bigger when we plugged in 17 we got 40 is greater than or equal to 30 i mean 16 we got we plugged in 16 and we got 40 is greater than or equal to 39 which is true because 39 is less than 40 so we guessed and checked and you can figure out the answer like that but how i'm going to recommend how you do it is the second way um which is how you're going to solve it so it's kind of like solving a one-step or two-step equation Except instead of having an equal sign, we either have the greater than, the less than, the greater than or equal to, or the less than or equal to. But otherwise, most of the rules are the same. So we want to isolate the variable. And then how we're going to do that is we're going to get rid of the constant first by adding or subtracting it over to the other side. And then if it has a coefficient, we want to either multiply or divide that out. So again, it's going to be solving like, like before, like one step or two step equations. The only difference here is when we are solving is if you're going to divide or multiply by a number, you have to flip the sign. So any inequality that involves multiplying or dividing of a negative number can be solved correctly by switching the sign of the equality. So if I had negative 4x is greater than 5, I would divide both sides by negative 4. And instead of getting negative 4x is greater than 5, I would then have to say x is less than negative 5 divided by 4. So I had to flip the sign. So it was x was greater than before I divided it. But when I divided it out, it became less than. So it's really important that you either solve the inequality to get rid of the negative in the coefficient so you don't have to divide or multiply by moving the negative to the other side, adding it over or you make sure you flip the sign. So there's a few ways you can get over it, but just remembering to flip the sign is really super important. So again, when we multiply by a negative number, technically the values on each side of the inequality changes the relationship with those values. So that's why we have to flip the signs. It's the same thing for dividing. That relationship is now changing. So we have to flip the signs. So that is why we flip the signs. I'm going to say it again, when multiplying or dividing by a negative number, the number of the inequality sign must be reversed. So if it's greater than, it becomes less than. If it's less than, it becomes greater than. If it's greater than or equal to, it becomes less than or equal to. If it's less than or equal to, it becomes greater than or equal to. So that's really super important. We just talked about solving. Again, we solve it the same way we solve one-step or two-step equations, which you guys really rocked on the first quiz, so I know you guys can do it. But the only difference is if we divide or multiply by a negative, we're flipping the signs. Then we went on to graph some of the inequalities after we solved them. So again, remembering and being able to understand what we did on Monday is going to be super important. So I guess it's time to get on to our quiz review. It is Wednesday, my dudes. 
Okay, so now we're going to go over the quiz. I have the quiz right in front of me, and I'm just going to let you know everything you need to know. So remember, today, our, our quiz, it will be the first time we see targets 3-1 and 3-2, the second time we see 2-4 and 2-5, and the last time we see 2-1 and 2-2 and 2-3. So our first two, our first four sections we've already seen before. You're going to have two problems for 2-1. I can solve equations with variables on both sides. Again, you want to isolate the variable, move it to one side, and move the constants to the other. If, you're gonna, if there's subtraction, you need to add. If there's addition, you need to subtract. So remember, you're always doing the, multi, you're always doing the opposite of the sign. So if you're multiplying, you're going to divide. If you're going to divide, you're multiplying. So you just want to solve for the variable. That's all it's going to be. Nothing too hard. Remember, maybe you'll have to distribute. Maybe you'll have to combine like terms. Nothing you've seen before. Then we have learning target 2-2 and 2-3. I can write and solve equations that models a real-world solution. You're going to be asked for the first question to describe what you would need to do to both sides in order to solve the equation. So if you, if you have a problem like 6x equals 12, to solve for x, you need to divide both sides by 6. So you would write divide both sides by six. I'm not asking for too much. That's all I want. If you write more, but it has the gist of divide both sides by six, that'll be fine. There's only two questions for this target. So the next one is going to be a word problem. And I think the word problem kind of looks similar to something you've seen before, maybe on an assessment review or something, but I don't know. You're going to be asked to write an equation that represents the month M when you would pay the same amount for each of these uh, certain clubs. So remember, um, make sure you are just writing that equation. You can solve the equation if you want, but that's not necessary. Target 2-4, you're gonna have two equations. I can solve an equation with no solution or infinitely many solutions. Um, you're gonna be asked, does this equation have one solution, no solution, or infinitely many solutions? If it has one solution, you need to tell me what that solution is. So if it's like x equals 5, write one solution, x equals 5. So again, your answers are either going to be infinitely many solutions, one solution, or no solution. Those are the three things. The next one, I can solve literal equations. So you're going to have two different variables. You're going to be asked to solve for one variable. So you're going to do what we did with the other equations at the top, and you're just going to move certain uh, the other variables over to the other side. We just want to isolate the one variable they're asking for. So if we're asking for y, isolate for y. We just want to get y equals whatever else. It doesn't matter if there's variables on the other side. That doesn't matter. So again, make sure you are solving for what it is asking. And if you have to add, you subtract. Remember opposites again, you're doing the opposite. So if you're adding, um, if there's addition, you're gonna have to subtract to get it over the other side. If there's subtraction, you're gonna have to add, multiply, divide, divide, multiply. So then we get into our new targets here. Target 3-1, I can graph the solution of inequalities on a number line. You're going to have three inequalities and you're gonna have three number lines and you're gonna need to graph the three of them. So remember, our most important thing is when you're graphing an inequality, you're graphing all the numbers of the possible solution. So if it's greater than or less than, you do not close the circle. It's going to be an open circle. If it's greater than or equal to, 
or less than or equal to, you're going to close the circle because that is a possible solution and make sure you're drawing your arrow in the correct direction. So the x values that are true, yeah, that's the way you draw the arrow. So if it says x is greater than, you're going to draw the arrow towards the higher numbers. If it says less than, you're going to draw the arrow towards the lower numbers. There are three of those. And for your last section, I can solve multi-step inequalities and write inequalities to represent a real-world situation. For the first one, you're going to be asked to solve an inequality. It literally says solve an inequality, then inequality is there. So you want to get the variable, which in that case is x by itself. The next it says write an inequality to represent a statement. So the statement is going to say something like x is greater than or equal to 5. You need to write the inequality that's x is greater than or equal to 5. And then the last question on the assessment is write an inequality to represent a real world situation. So it's going to say something like you must be 17 and you must be at least 17 years old to see R-rated movies. For that you would say x is Greater than or equal to because they have to be 17 or older. They can be 17, but they have to be at least 17. The CR-rated movie is by themselves in a movie theater. Going to be something like that. You're going to be asked to write an inequality there. So that's it for the assessment. Let me know if you have any questions um, and make sure you're studying. And that is it for our Algebra 1 Week 4 kind of half a week four overview. We just overviewed what we did on Monday and Tuesday, then had a great quiz overview. So let me know if you have any questions. As always, I have office hours from 2.10 to 3 o'clock. So if you want to stop by on my Zoom and get kind of lonely, stop by and say hi. Other than that, make sure you're turning in all your homework. I'll take in any latest assignments for full credit. And if you haven't taken a quiz, talk to me and we'll get sure I'll get, uh, we'll make sure that you get and take it. But other than that, I guess I'll see you in class.